0: The Inside Vegas Podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Enter promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus today. We're also brought to you by Oddshark. Get tips from the shipping computer as well as expert writing staff as well as data-driven editorial content that you cannot and will not find anywhere else. Give them a follow on Twitter at Oddshark and check them out online at oddshark.com. Welcome into the Inside Vegas podcast today is Friday December 28th and uh, what a uh, it's almost a throwaway week um when we talk, talk about the week 17 over the holidays and between Christmas and New Year's and that's not to discourage you from listening please. Listen to the yanks. We're going to go, get out of here with a best bet. As always, go through the remaining bowl games, including the college football playoff, as well as the weird and wacky NFL Week 17 that has uh, much differently um, than in years past so past so many um, different types of scenarios that can play out specifically in the AFC. We're going to kind of get to each and every one of them and kind of what could happen, um, live bet scenarios, in um, probably going to kind of frankly skip over the games that do not matter uh bowl game update as far as the, um, kind of the model everything like that um tips tricks first half under um second half under trend was doing very well um regressed a little bit it believes it sits at five and four uh, on the year into this and again that was uh on the uh, everything you need to know about betting bull season written on sportsgivingpodcast.com for you uh, so let's kind of dive into the remaining Bulls uh, upcoming, including the National Championship Playoff, or Invitational, as Colby likes to call it. Um, on Friday this morning, if, if you're listening to this, we have Purdue at Auburn. And actually, we touched on these on the last week one, so we can go ahead and skip those. We can start on Saturday, December 9th. That is Florida and Michigan. I guess I'll go over the ones on Friday here. Uh, like Purdue, this, this line is, is flipped. Or, or, I'm sorry, this line should be flipped, in my opinion, um, at least a pick on Purdue slightly favored. This is Auburn in name, val- name value, kind of only here. Uh, Purdue very hungry to play in SEC school. Um, I think coming out of the Big Ten West, so um, Purdue much more talent. Auburn, you know, had some much higher expectations. This is uh, this has Auburn no show written all over it to me here. Uh, game taking a little bit of money here, obviously, with the quarterback news of uh, Denji coming in. Uh, Cuse's move basically from a pick. Again, this line opened essentially uh, West Virginia minus seven. So if you got some, some of that on the Syracuse side, good on you. Cuse now flipped to a minus two and a half point favorite here. And uh, I think the line is uh, very warranted. Jennings not playing for West Virginia. All these guys sitting out as they are likely to be um, high end NFL draft picks. So like um, the favorite there in that one, Syracuse minus the two and a half move to get that three. This one um, we talked about again on the last episode iowa state washington um picked this game at a three and a half obviously some money coming in on that same side so iowa state down from a three and a half dog to a two and a half dog and again like that side of iowa just so much you don't have to worry about when you talk about effort and coaching uh from the iowa state side as well as the extra extra time to prepare will do wonders for their quarterback there uh saturday december 29th in the peach bowl now we're getting into kind of the meat and potatoes of the bowl season uh michigan this is a really hard game to call for me. Um, simply for the fact that Michigan, I believe is four0 in the last four against Florida um, beat, you know going back to the Tebow days. Uh, Michigan here though, uh, Harbug it, it would be great for them for Harbug. Obviously honestly one of his bigger coaching challenges is going to be to get this group of guys up for this particular game. obviously having such illusions of, of grandeur of, of national championship if they were essentially a week or, you know a win away from beating Ohio State and, and being in the college football playoff. Uh, now they're in the Peach Bowl against number ten Florida. Uh, Harbaugh does uh, wonders as a motivator. I just don't know if he can rally the troops uh, for this spot. But nothing on this game for me. Um, best sides. Virginia looks to um, you know continue kind of their Cinderella season. What what a year it's been for them. Um, as they face off against seven uh, seven and five Carolina. Both teams at seven and five in the Belt Bowl total sitting at fifty four. Um, definitely with Virginia here. Simply like I said, I don't think South Carolina is a very good uh, team. Uh, if you look at some of their wins, not very, um, not against very good talent in the least bit while Virginia hung kind of toe to toe with some of the big boys of the college football landscape, very excited for them to play, uh, in this game. And again, go up against an SEC team and show kind of what they can do. I think would uh, is going to do wonders for this program, recruiting all that type of stuff. So definitely with Virginia in the points there. I'm going to skip over Nevada and Arkansas state in the Arizona bowl. Uh, I just don't think many people out there are going to care about mountain West and a Sunbelt team playing. I I really don't have a, I guess I would lean Arkansas state, uh, Notre Dame and Clemson. Obviously this is, and this will uh, kind of start our dive into the college football semifinal cotton bowl and the orange bowl. Some news coming down here. Uh, of no, not great. If you're a Clemson backer here, Clemson will officially be without three players, including starting defensive lineman Dexter Lawrence, who is projected to be a first round draft pick in the NFL next year. After their B samples of the NCAA drug test uh, showed trace amounts of a banned substance, look this this Clemson defensive line is uh, pretty much uh, it's the best in the country by a large margin. And you've seen a little bit of money come in the other way, uh, because of this essentially dipping from a three, 13 and a half point favorite from Clemson down to 12 and a half the total sitting at 56 and a half as well as while we're on the subject. Uh, I don't, I've seen people on both sides of this. Um, myself, again, if you're in the market for a 25 to one Notre Dame ticket, um, go ahead and log on to propswap.com and it can be yours. I think Notre Dame truly, truly does uh, have the goods. Um, They have to keep this game close at the start. Clemson, if you haven't watched Clemson play, and you're more of an NFL uh, fan, but you'll tune in because of the national championship implications, this being essentially the college football playoff, uh Clemson has another gear uh, since they have switched quarterbacks to Trevor Lawrence. And once they get up on teams, they can play their style of football. They can pin their ears back on defense. Uh, and their front runner is the wrong word. They just can play so freely and so loosely and really play their type of football. And when you look at this, I mean, they have won games going away here. Uh, their last couple, they won by 32. They've won by 20. They've won by 30. Uh, I'm sorry, 29, 20, 60, 49. So you you get the picture. If Alabama wasn't the Alabama um, that you've either seen or or heard people talking about, this would be, uh, Clemson would be an overwhelming favorite if Alabama was not, you know, and it was Georgia in the SEC championship or in the playoff instead, or whatever the case may be. If Alabama somehow was not in this, um, Clemson would be the runaway favorite. It's just, uh, they kind of, ran into a year where this is something of an anomaly when it comes down to the type of team that Alabama is. Um, and Ian Book on the other side, you know, it's funny, both of these quarterbacks uh, came in basically mid-season. Kelly Bryant was a starter for Clemson, uh, Wimbush a starter for Notre Dame, both of whom are going to be transferring. Well, both be highly sought after commodities, uh, for next year. To me, Trevor Lawrence is going to win a Heisman, uh, at some point in his college career, um, whether it's next year, whether it's the year after that, um, in Ian book, you know, the, these two schools definitely have to get to know. a lot of people. If you're wondering why Notre Dame is, is such a high favorite, uh, or I'm sorry, Clemson is such a high favorite Notre Dame uh, running the table undefeated. They're an independent conference. They haven't really played anyone truly. Maybe their best win, uh, you know, USC, um, uh, they've had some other, you know, tough games in there. Um, you go through their schedule. Um, Michigan was obviously their biggest win uh, at week, but it was week one. It was a little bit of a different Michigan team than, than the one that came to be Virginia tech, um, Northwestern Florida state, Syracuse, USC. They just haven't played the cream of the crop, uh, you know, not to say that Clemson has scheduled this insane, insane, uh, type of, gauntlet for themselves because they haven't um, but I think this one uh, I think Notre Dame is a really live dog here uh, and I may look crazy when when this because this game does have the potential to get sideways really quickly um, but I'm gonna go with Notre Dame in the points there despite the um, or on top of I guess on the back of the uh, suspensions although I don't think you know I was on obviously um, this side before those came down it just looks a little bit better at this point um, so let's move on to college football summer final see the Orange Bowl total sitting at a 77 in Alabama currently sits in the marketplace as a 14 point favorite at mybookie.com a g god again if you're not a you know you're not into the dregs of college football but you're going to watch this game oklahoma is probably has the one of the bottom five defenses in the country they just happen to have the best quarterback in college football who is a heisman winner kyler murray who you'll also probably be seeing down the line on the oakland a's um and their offense is just that good obviously the it, you know, out goes Baker Mayfield and steps Kyler Murray, uh, results are the same. Um, they've kind of lucked into the college playoffs Some things just kind of broke their way and I'm not trying to discount their wins. Uh, but big football, uh, big football, big 12 football is a very different breed, um, than sec and Alabama. Um, this is probably where our consensus best bet's going to come in. Um, and it's not going to be, you know, Alabama on the spread or, or the over at 77, This Alabama team total opened up at 47, I believe is what's available in the marketplace right now. Um, I've had it in my head for a long time that Alabama is going to put up at least 50. um, And this is the college football playoff. They are not going to let up. Nick Saban's not going to let up. I think that, Tua Tagaloa and the Alabama team, Nick Saban, I think they're all very upset that Tua did not win the Heisman. Uh, and I think that they're going to take out all their frustrations on, on Kyler Murray and this team. And, and I think Oklahoma rules here really do. Uh, 14 points is a lot in a, you know, it's, it's crazy that these two games are essentially what a 26 and a half total uh, point favorites between the two of them. Uh, But I think it's for good reason, uh, at least on this Alabama side. So, um, spoil anything, but Alabama team total over 47 is probably looking like one of the the better bets of this bowl season. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go, uh, God, I really do think Notre Dame is live here, but I think that both favorites end out squeaking this out. So Clemson and Alabama likely your national championship. Uh, if things hold true here, uh, Monday on new year's Eve, we have Cincinnati and Virginia tech Kramer's Hokies roll into town or limp into town. I should say in the military bowl. This Virginia Tech team limping in at six and six, Cincinnati at 10 and two. Uh, And when we look at this, Cincinnati favored by four and a half. I think it's a great number. want to say that uh, for the two you know a great number two back cincinnati hat here anything under a touchdown i think is great for cincinnati this team is much better than the virginia tech team uh, on all accounts virginia tech just carries a little bit of name power um great coaching staff virginia tech will be back this is just a, this was a really down year for them while cincinnati a bowl win here on new year's eve is going to really cap off a, a tremendous season for the Bearcats. and or sorry for, yep for what they've been um able to do here so um michigan state and oregon not much here. Um, <laughs> I really don't have. Much. I'm not. have much. am i am not going to go into too much details. Same thing with Stanford and Pittsburgh. I think we kind of breezed by this. Missouri, Oklahoma State total sitting at 74 and a half. Much like some of the other ones that we've seen, I think this goes flying over the total. The last two times that these teams played uh, was all the way back in 2014, put up 72 points. Uh, but neither team here wants to play much football. You know, this is that a, a Jake Lock against a group of five teams plays absolutely uh, great. So um, would lean. Oh God, it's such a big number that I think it's too big to lay with Missouri here, but I think this over makes a ton of sense. Even at the high number, it's really set that high for a reason. Texas AM and uh, currently sitting as a seven point favorite in the Texas uh, Tax Slayer Bowl. Uh, same thing here for recruiting, for everything, for, uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher for everything that he's been able to do. I think you're going to see a lot of um this Texas and AM team is going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. And I think a win here is going to really cap this off. They have uh, the talent gap here is absolutely huge between Texas A&M and AM and an NC State team that's really had, you know, a really good season at 9 and 3. It's just that the talent gap here is too big. So anything right, you know, at the 7 or below, definitely lean with AM. And as we move on to the New Year's table, I don't know if there's anything better than being a little hungover from New Year's Eve before getting a you know roll over and turn on the TV. You're going to get Mississippi and Iowa, Mississippi State and Iowa, and I don't know if that's quite the marquee matchup that you're looking at. But if you sleep through that one, you're going to get a great one and with LSU and UCF. Coldies national champions. UCF Golden Knights currently sit as a seven and a half point of. Uh, underdog. No, Mackenzie Milton starting quarterback for UCF is a huge deal. I don't want to understate that. Um, but the backup came in and really looked well. Um, this LSU team at one point were a win against Alabama away from really, you know, making their season, their season being made. Um, so there's definitely a little bit of that. I I think that they kind of overachieved from the get go, which I think helps with, you know, once you're in that position, uh, of course you believe you can do it. I just don't think that their expectations were to always play in, you know, a national championship in the college football playoff or whatever the case may be. This was really supposed to look at, you know, be a down year. Um, and myself, you know, having an LSU under six and a half ticket really could rip that one up pretty early. So a great, a great job by coach O here, uh, in this one, again, The talent gap is huge, but if UCF wins this, um, they deserve it. But I think the the winning streak likely does come to an end here, although at the current price points, the value is definitely there for the money line stab as well as taking uh, UCF plus the seven and a half points there for sure. Benny Snell finishes his SEC career at Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl. Same time frame at 10 a.m. Vegas time against Trace McSorley in his last game against Penn State. Penn State currently sitting at minus six and a half, total sitting at 47 and a half. Uh, Talent is, you know, talent gap here for sure. There is a much more talented team from the Penn State side. Uh, McSorley's last game, uh, you know, kind of, I want to say it cancels out because he a quarterback, but I think that Benny Snell wants to go out with a bang. Um, Definitely will be in the NFL. I don't think he'll be an early round pick, but definitely should be able to find a home in the National Football League for Benny Snell and and such a good story for him as well. And McSorley, uh, you know, Heisman uh, granders throughout his college, his collegiate career, never really put it together, much like, you know, I hate to bring up the Christian Hackenberg situation because we know what he turned into, but there's a lot of uh, similarities there, you know, not just that they went to Penn State, but. That's obviously the glaring one. They just, neither quarterback could really put it together, you know, collegiately. Uh, So I think this talent gap is real big. And I think that Mixerly coming in here with last game, uh, Penn State minus six and a half, probably the way to go here. Washington and Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. (laughs) This one's a little bit tough to call in the fact that Ohio State, you know, could have, you can make a very big case for Ohio State to be in this, uh, you know, after the win at Michigan, you could definitely, it was a toss up. Let me say that between the committee, Um, to, not to bore you with details, but there was just a couple of things that broke uh, Oklahoma's way. When you look at Ohio State, I mean, at 12 and one, this definitely arguments to be made here. Dwayne Haskins, really Heisman, you know, Heisman contender doesn't under, doesn't sell enough uh, for what he the type of year that he's had and this will be his final game here. It's a big number uh, for sure, but I think that Ohio State this I believe Urban Meyer is coaching this game. Um, he is definitely coaching this game. Uh, and so the you know the narrative is going to be Urban Meyer's last game. Ohio State wants to get get uh, you know get this win for him. Um, Ohio, um, Meyer has had an unbelievable track record both against the spread and straight up in bowl games, uh, but the narrative is being written a little bit like it's a foregone conclusion that this is just such an obvious spot to get up and send urban Meyer, you know, away happy, if you will, um, as if Washington's kind of in on that. So Washington is a very good football, very good football team. um, So make no mistake about it. This number is probably a little inflated due to the Meyer factor. um, But I think, you know, if you want to have some fun in, in a teaser or money line piece, I think that Ohio State makes a little bit of sense there as well. Texas and Georgia, I believe it was Herb Street, uh, Kirk Herb Street, who said this: "There's a very good chance that both these teams are going to be in the national championship or at least in the playoff next year." Um, and uh, there's an argument to be made that Georgia is probably the number, th- you know, the third best school in the nation. I think it was also him that, that said that. Um, for Texas, I mean, uh, is Texas back? Is, is seems to be the the question that that comes up every single year once they rattle off a couple wins, an up and down season. It kind of got away from them late. Obviously, the loss at Oklahoma really buried them, at, you know, losing pretty handily 39, 27 after winning three straight. But when you look at their losses, West Virginia, these are high powered offenses, right? Oklahoma, um, was the last loss. Oklahoma state, another high powered offense, um, the big 12 Maryland, you can kind of, uh, largely throw that. That was a a huge, um, emotional win uh, off of everything that happened with their quarterback and, and stuff like that. So I kind of somewhat give them a pass. Um, for week one. And again, much like we saw teams are very different, much like Michigan losing to Notre Dame in week one and saw what they were able to do. So these teams are definitely on the rise and this is a lot of points, uh, make no mistake about it. And you have to worry about the, uh, motivation factor for Georgia. You know, I I realize it's a sugar bowl. It's a very prestigious bowl. It's effectively the, you know, next to the Rose bowl, I guess, um, the third or fourth highest importance of bowls. Um, so Georgia is a very good school. Uh, Texas is a very good – these are two very good programs, um, and they are definitely on the rise. So be on the lookout for them next year. Both of them should probably be in your futures portfolio if you're into into that kind of thing. Um, to me, the best bet probably in this game is, is the over here. Both offenses are, are going to score, and I don't see a ton of defense being played there. And That kind of wraps up the 2018-2019 at that point uh, bowl season. Obviously, we will have the national championship game as as the one outstanding one. I don't even know on that. What the date on that? I think it's two weeks after, uh, for the winners of uh, their respective playoffs. Um, and you know, again, speaking back to kind of the college experience podcast, back to the uh, SGP feed, and kind of how they, you know, Colby jokes around calls at the Invitational. Um, there is rumblings of you know expansion, all that type of stuff. And I think in the next few years, you're going to see at least six or at least eight teams out there, uh, and um, we'll go from there. But for the current landscape here you know, Oklahoma and Ohio state both have a legitimate gripe to be, you know, that last team in there. But once you start breaking that out to the fifth and sixth teams, there's always going to be a seventh team that has a, you know, there's always going to be one team, whatever you set the number at that definitely has a, a realistic resume and a a shot to be in there. But um, for the college season or college all week, rather, let's go with Alabama team total over 47 for the best bet for the inside Vegas podcast. And well, us finish up this uh abbreviated i guess version of the inside vegas podcast we're going to go over to the nfl but as always the inside vegas podcast and the sports Game podcast network is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie. is the official online sports book of the sports Gambling podcast network on the inside vegas we're also brought to you by odd shark get free tips and tricks from the shipping computer and expert writing staff as well as data-driven editorial content that you cannot and will not find anywhere else all right so week 17 in the national football league Week 17's funny. It, it really used to be this, uh, you know, fantasy leagues largely run through Week 16. Um, you know, DFS uh, tournaments aren't really the same. There's There used to be so much irrelevancy uh, surrounding Week 17. I'll, I'll never forget as a kid, you know, I used to, that was the first time I saw, I think, it was Michael Turner when he was a backup uh, for the Chargers, uh, you know, coming into the game for the Dalian Tomlinson. And you used to see all these backups coming in. You're going to see a little bit of that uh, f- this year. Uh, but this Week 17 is largely... Um, it's much more relevant than it has you know been in the past, specifically in the AFC. And the AFC has really flip flopped uh, from the NFC. You know, in the AFC, time in year after year after year, you have the you've used to have the Patriots, you used to have the Steelers, and you used to have everyone else. Uh, and you know, largely the reason why the Patriots have been to so many AFC championship games in a row. When you look at the AFC this year, uh, it, it's really wide open. I, I would think that you know. New England definitely having a little bit of a down year, uh, especially with the loss of Josh Gordon. When you look at the NFC, conversely, now you have the Saints, you have the Rams, and you have everyone else. Um, When you look at teams like the Bears, uh, so for me, I'm going to break this down a little bit, but there's always, I always have such a hard time getting behind first year quarterbacks uh, or first year coaches. It's actually a spot I really tend to, you know, fade or, or bet against. You know, we saw it last year with Jared Goff, his first playoff quarterbacks in their first playoff start are a very, very bad bet again, both against the spread and straight up. We saw, I believe two years ago with Dak Prescott, it's come up time and time again. So it it would really not, um, surprise me if you saw a team like the bears, uh, you know, with, um, both the first year head coach and quarterback with Trubisky and Nagy in that first spot, the moment just becomes so big. And on the other side in the AFC, with Mahomes, um, Mahomes may just be that dude. and may just have different DNA, and because he's on you know such high-powered offense, whatever the case may be, he you know he could buck that trend. But traditionally, it has been a very good bet. And so when we when we let's start with the AFC in the playoffs picture. Um, Kansas City, you know, obviously clinched a, a, the playoff spot. Several ways they can get home field hold field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, if the Chiefs beat the Raiders, uh, <laughs> pretty much it. Chiefs can clinch number one and they tie the Raiders and the Chargers lose or tie the Broncos. They can also clinch the top seed if the Chargers lose, Patriots lose, and the Texans lose. And finally, they can clinch the number one seed if the Chargers lose, Pats lose, and the Chiefs uh, clinch a strength of strength of victory tie over the Texans through the outcome of the other games. Uh, so win, and they're the number one seed. Very easy for the Chiefs. Um, if you go you know, all the way down, there's, there's, again, there's a million different scenarios in here. Some of them are, are kind of outlandish. Uh, but if the Chiefs lose and the Chargers win, uh, Chiefs would be the number five seed. So a wide range of outcomes can, can obviously happen there. New England at 10-5 and five clinched a playoff spot. Uh, you betcha you can thank the AFC East for that one again. Pats do need some uh, help to get some home field advantage throughout the playoffs. If they win and the Chiefs and Chargers lose, Pats could get the top seed number 2 seed patriots already won their division uh so it's you know Kind of set in stone here for New England. They simply have to beat the Jets, and they get the the number two seed. Again, they can fall the way fall all the way down to the number four seed if the Patriots lose and two of the Texans, Titans, and Ravens win. Patriots fall to the four seed. Tennessee and Baltimore both have the tiebreaker over New England. Houston Texans. um, I'm not even going to get into the number one seed here, but the number two Texans. I'm not even the two. Let's just say the three most likely one. Texans will be the third seed if they win against the Jaguars, or if they lose against the Jaguars and the Titans and Colts game ends in a tie so very not likely there as well baltimore baltimore is so many different range of outcomes and none of them are, are very outlandish i mean the ravens don't even have a, a playoff spot yet uh but they could still potentially be all the way up to the two seed that's kind of how wild and up for grabs the afc east is they can get a buy in two ways um if the ravens win the patriots lose and the texans uh lose and colts titans um does not end in a tie to the ravens win pats lose The Texans lose, and Baltimore beats Houston in the strength of victory tiebreaker, yada, yada, yada. Effectively, probably looking at a four seed uh, for Baltimore. Chargers, obviously, already clinched. Chargers need help. I mean, they could get a number one seed. Again, there's so many different out here. Um, Number five AFC, it's either all of nothing in terms of buys, home field for the Chargers and Chiefs. If the Chargers are either the one, or if the Chargers are either the number one with a win or number five, if the Chiefs. Win. They're the fifth seed, or if the Chiefs tie and the Chargers lose, nothing about this sounds easy. I, a lot of this is pretty much set in stone. There's just I'm saying all this to show you that basically there's so many different outcomes that can. And again, I can go through each one, but it's really not worth the time to do that. Um, here's one that makes it a lot easier. We have a playoff game on Sunday, and it's on Sunday night. It's been flexed. The NFL definitely did the right thing here with Indianapolis um, versus the Tennessee Titans and a banged up Marcus Mariota. Um, I was talking about this on a different podcast earlier. Uh I think a lot of people effectively looked at this line and thought it was a little bit fishy, especially if it was Gabbert and because of the magnitude, books, you know, really wanted to hang a line for this. And they did uh, you know, basically at Indianapolis is a consensus three in the marketplace. Uh opened up two and a half at some places. 77% of spread bets are, are on Indianapolis here. So if you're a contrarian better, you're a fade the public type of guy, Tennessee is probably your side here. I think that when we look at this, you know, when you look at this at first glance, I think you think, maybe thinking like I did, that three is a a very short number here, two and a half. Um, But oddsmakers have been on record a bunch of times effectively saying that there's not, you know, a huge difference point spread wise when it drops down from Mariota to Blaine Gabbert. And maybe you can make the argument this year that Mariota has improved a little bit, has progressed. Uh, But I mean, so why is it only a three? I think that four and five largely are dead numbers. So would you feel better if this game was at five even? maybe, you know, six has effectively become the uh, next, you know, the newest key number in the NFL since they moved the extra point back. You can't make it seven because they're going to get absolutely flooded with professional money on the dog here, you know, at that big of a price, uh, laying that big of a number. So the number, you know, when you, you kind of dig into it a little bit more, uh, the number does make sense here, but at least the NFL did the right thing and kind of, uh, you know, gave us, a playoff game uh a week early on sunday night football did an absolutely great thing there so that one should be you know fun to watch and andrew luck definitely probably the runaway favorite for comeback player of the year was uh i think that one was i want to say like plus 600 plus 500 at the beginning of the year was pretty much probably the most obvious one in the bunch there but the afc really really up for grabs here on the nfc side not as much here we have the saints in the rams likely the one and two scenario there chicago at 11 and 4, dallas 9 and 6 clinch division In uh, and seattle again 9 and 6 coming in over their win total of 8 and the seattle team always has dark horse you know kind of in front of them just because of russell wilson and the ability they have to play defense uh, but the seahawks team is is deeply deeply flawed as as well as a lot of the nfc when we go to minnesota have not clinched a playoff berth but they can get the number 5 seed if the vikings beat the bears and the seahawks lose which is somewhat unlikely. The Vikings would also be the fifth seed um, in that matchup. So, number six, they get the number six seed, which is the most likely one. If the Vikings win or tie against the Bears, they clinch a playoff berth. So, winning, they're in uh, for the Vikings. Bears and Nagy have said that they're going to play their starters. Uh, but if you believe the line, I think that line, making Minnesota that big of a favorite, really implies that they, at some point, uh, they see Chicago kind of pulling their starters. It does not make sense. Chicago has nothing to play for. Um, and when we break down to the Eagles, Sean's Eagles, the only shot the Eagles have to get into the playoff involves the Bears beating the Vikings and the Eagles beating the Redskins. So the Eagles have to win their game and the Bears have to beat the Vikings. So they're gonna need some help to reach back and or at least get back into the playoff picture. So a ton of different scenarios. Again, you can you can read them read all about them there's a million different that could happen you know some of them are are very very outlandish uh involving ties and all that type of stuff but a few of them you know involving teams like the ravens um Chargers dropping down some of them aren't so uh, far-fetched when you really break down what could happen uh in this type of scenario so that one's out there for you but again there's a large portion of these week 17 games that are very very irrelevant so i'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about them just uh I don't know. You know, there's not much to say, to be frank. Um, So let's break into it. Miami heads to Buffalo. Buffalo sitting at a four and a half point favorite and the total sits at 39 and a half. And this is one of those games where neither team has absolutely anything to play for. Uh, So uh, I'm not really going to, you know, I haven't made a bet on this. I'm not going to try to break this down into detail when there's nothing to play here nothing to play for here um, so it's kind of tough to find an angle here Detroit heads to Green Bay Green Bay is a minus eight point favorite and the total sitting at 44 and a half I don't have a ton in here as well because neither team does have um, anything this is a completely meaningless season finale what I will say um, because I think I I almost fell into this trap as as you know I like to bet against Stafford against teams um, winning teams the trend I, I believe it's like seven in you know 60 something right now at this point I don't have it right up in front of me but that that trend applies to teams that finish the year above 500. And sometimes you can obviously cheat and know who's going to finish the year above 500, but make no mistake, even what they win, um, just because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, this Green Bay team is going to finish below 500. So don't just put Stafford on auto-fade thinking it's against a winning team. That trend does not apply uh, just because it's Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. The- Green Bay is not a winning team. So um buyer beware if you're just looking to fade Stafford against a quote-unquote good or, or winning team. Definitely not the situation to do so uh, this week in Week 17. Jacksonville uh, versus Houston. Houston, obviously, the home favorite. Six and a half in the marketplace, total sitting at 40. <laughs> um, Texans clinched the division um, by beating the Jags. Very simple here. Jacksonville has been su- this is such a disappointment last season, and-, and Blake Bortles, obviously, coming back in to be the starter for this finale, probably, most likely, Uh, his last game as a Jaguar. Although the fact that Justin Herbert not coming out in the draft, which pretty much everybody had Herbert pegged to go to Jacksonville as the first quarterback taken um, complicates things here. So they can take the kid out of Duke, you know, Haskins, if he potentially falls, you know, a Bridgewater a Winston Jaguars going to be the market for a quarterback. And Herbert, you know, was a large domino to uh, not fall there. So this one is very likely Houston um, kind of running away with this. I don't, I don't know how much motivation Houston has here. I mean, um, Jacksonville, the only thing I will say is, you know, for say what you want about Bortles, uh, he will be motivated that he's playing for his next contract. He's playing for his next team, but a, um, motivated Blake Bortles is a still not very good one. Um, but yeah, the Texans guarantee themselves an AFC title and a home playoff game. If they beat Jacksonville, um, on Sunday, it's, it's really that simple. So I think Houston uh, wants to do so. Uh, and I think they will get this job done in the early time slot. New England, almost a two touchdown favorite, 13 and a half against the lowly New York Jets. Uh, it, hard to build this game up, right? Pats have something to gain. Jets, nothing to gain. I guess nothing to lose. Division rivalry. Um, Pats have again clutched the AFC, as, a, as I touched on, uh, but they would like to land a, a first round by. I think they'll need to beat the Jets um, to get kind of that ball rolling and then get some help. But they do trail the Chiefs, uh, the Pats. That is, we break this game kind of down individually. This New England team—it's crazy how high New England is set the bar when we're talking about a team that's likely to go 11 and five. Same record they had with Matt Castle the year they missed the playoffs, and um, their runaway, you know, division winner. Uh, and if you, you know, kind of take away the fluke Miami loss, um, would we have be having this conversation? Assuming they win here at, at 12 and four, but the eye test, uh, obviously. Not the same New England team here. Gronkowski very likely, I would say, at this point to probably be done at the end of this year, which I feel like you blink and and you kind of missed his career at this point. But through things he said, things I've heard through channels, he's I think it's a very, very real possibility um, that he kind of rides away from the NFL and and kind of does his own thing. Maybe the Pat McAfee route of whatever that is, whether it be media, YouTube, YouTube. God, you're going to turn around Simon Barstool or something, right? But I think Gronkowski has a a very lucrative media career waiting for him the second he steps away. And when you talk about all of the injuries he's occurred um, for that type of guy, uh, definitely, definitely in the cards here. But New England, um, you know, I often don't, I often, I don't often advocate, you know, teasers, money line parlays, you know, maybe outside of one to two a week. Uh, I think the New England going to win this game and there's very few things you can count on in the National Football League, uh, but New England definitely... I don't see how they lose this game. So you can kind of pair them with a Kansas City, uh, with a Pittsburgh uh, in kind of different ways, whether it be a 10-pointer or something like that to have fun on the the last week of the National Football League. But it's New England or pass. I can't get behind this lowly Jets team against home New England. looking pretty badly and wanting to gain momentum with something to gain uh going into the playoffs carolina and new orleans new orleans sitting at a seven and a half point favorite total sitting at 43 and a half. the tyler heinecke experiment is over in steps undrafted free agent kyle allen uh so here's as we touched on what's different this is probably a live bet only game and i say that because uh teddy bridgewater breeze has come out and said Peyton has come out and said going to get some work and going to get a lot of work it just depends on when he enters the game um and so is Bridgewater and said backups of the Saints uh you know good enough to beat Carolina? I mean uh, odds makers think so installing them as a seven and a half point favorite speaks volumes uh, but if you are in the camp of you thinking you can get a better number uh, fading um, or betting on Bridgewater or betting against um, that would be the time I would make a move into um, for market entry type of thing I wouldn't want to be caught holding a you know having that in my back pocket of seven, of laying seven and a half if it is all backups because again the Saints have absolutely zero to gain Um, in Carolina playing for nothing as well so a game I really want nothing to do with Um, so not much going to say about that other than uh, look out for Bridgewater to get a ton of run in this game dallas in the season finale uh against the giants i mean so it looks like a very weird line at the start of giants minus six uh but that's that's what week 17 will do right when we talk about how weird this week is uh nothing to really play for here as well and so i mean this is the eli manning audition i mean i think you know what you have with eli manning if you're giants you don't think you need to see him um play in a game and Dallas needs to kind of rest their guys and get healthy here. Probably very likely no Odell Beckham as well. So not a game I want to get, you know, hold a pregame position on Uh, this one. I do Atlanta, a one point road favorite, basically a pick them um, some other places in the market total sitting at 51. Um, The reason I say this is both of these teams. I mean, God, their defense has been so bad uh, throughout the year. Both these teams have been such you know great overs, Uh, whatever two teams that we have. Uh, targeted on the DFS podcast week in and week out at great success, and so when they're facing each other, you know, um, I really lean towards Atlanta, and I say that because of this. Um, if you're not familiar with the name Ryan Griffin, um, I was not either, but definitely uh, you're going to be. He's going to play this game. Um, he's been with the Tampa Bay organization for I believe three years, uh, and his uh, Dirk Cutter has said he wants to get him a ton of run. He's really worked quote, worked his tail off, been been here busting his butt every single day, um, and they want to get him some run. And with the Buccaneers likely to move on from Winston, I think that Ryan and company, um, Julio, I believe, has some, You know, I think he can get the receiving title, some other things in there for his own statistical performances that probably keeps Atlanta in this and motivated, while Tampa Bay is looking to get a uh, practice player in there for a feel-good moment. And so I think having some Atlanta pick in your back pocket is definitely not a bad thing for a pregame position here. So definitely leaning towards Atlanta. And if you don't want to do that pregame, I would largely look to uh, bet against one Ryan Griffin, who has never seen an NFL down in his career um, coming into the game for Tampa Bay at some point. And again, um, Tampa Bay are going to be needing another quarterback Looking to definitely be moving on from Jameis Winston, it's, it seems they're definitely not picking up his fifth year option. So, um, Cleveland heads to Baltimore. Baltimore, a minus five and a five minus five and a half point favorite here. Winning in the win for Baltimore, um, and Cleveland has the opportunity to finish above five hundred. And what a difference a year makes from the zero sixteen season. Could finish the year eight seven and one as they look up to wrap up wrap up their season. Um, Baker Mayfield probably should win uh, rookie of the year. Barkley definitely has had the better statistical season, but there's no rookie who has done more for their team and for a franchise. It just kind of depends on what really means more in the eyes of those people who have those type of rookie of the year votes and everything like that. Um, my vote would go for Baker Mayfield. I don't think you can discount what he has done for this team and this culture, um, at all. And while Barkley has been electric, you know, stepping into the league and being a top five running back is not an easy thing, uh, especially with that much hype in that marketplace. And obviously, a quarterback has much more control over a game uh, than a running back. So it's a little bit of apples and oranges comparison here. But when you look at it as a whole body of work, uh, I think that Mayfield probably deserves it. Whether he wins it or not remains to be seen. Um, But I want to talk about Baltimore here. Baltimore has, with Lamar Jackson passing every single test, I mean, that Chargers game on primetime, the toughest defense he has faced by far. And people forget Lamar Jackson really came, you know, when he stepped into the starting quarterback role off that bye, he faced there basically was not a better type of situation for who he had got to play um, when it comes to a rushing defenses uh, because obviously that is his game, right? He got Bengals, he got Raiders, he got Falcons, he got Chiefs, uh, he got Bucks, and then obviously the last game against the Chargers passed every test with flying colors. Uh, And so I think to me, with this much motivation on the line for Baltimore, this is a little bit too much too soon for Mayfield uh, in company. Now, this is likely... You know, last year or last week, I really thought there was way too many points in a divisional game, especially coming from someone who will tell you over and over that the spread does not matter. The spread is dead. That was the one I circled as the where the spread will matter. Um, And I'm going right back to this well um, with this Cleveland team, although be it opposite. I think that Cleveland, you know, Baltimore likely wins. Uh, Cleveland covers. This is likely a three point game here. Baltimore also bottom three in the league uh, of pace of play, time of possession, all that type of stuff now, which has been a huge under. Um, you know, trend for first half unders full game unders because they run the ball so much with the tandem of Lamar Jackson uh, and Gus Edwards. And what a you know disappointing end to a breakout campaign for John Brown. Hopefully he gets to go somewhere else and, and kind of continue uh, his breakout because he was having uh, one hell of a year with Joe Flacco. Uh the offense just obviously shifted there uh once Lamar Jackson came in. So um Cleveland to cover, Baltimore likely wins. Oakland heads to Kansas City to you know lambs through the slaughter here. It's 13 and a half point dogs. This is a get right game for KC. They need this momentum. Um, you know, it's you think of KC as this juggernaut at the end of the year, likely finishing twelve and four. Um you know the, i feel like people think of them as this one to two last team and the reality is you know they've struggled as of late that defense has glaring weaknesses huge ones uh, i will say this um when it comes to the prop market travis Kelsey, i believe needs 60 yards and we're going to touch on this uh in a, in a game coming up as well needs only 60 yards to uh overcome the single season receiving yards record for tight ends. Um, so if you have, you know, a prop market, you know, we saw what Andy did, uh, Andy Reed did last year, uh, with Kareem hunt, getting him that rushing title on purpose and then pulling him right after that. You could be looking at a scenario here where Kelsey uh, gets that as well. The only problem with that is he only needs 60. Um, and then he is likely to come out here, but Kansas city needs a win. Um, they're going to put up a lot of points here. It's just, I don't know how long starters are going to stay and all that type of stuff, but a Kelsey prop, um, Likely very appetizing here, Chicago and Minnesota. We touched on this. This is what you know. This is why you bring Kirk Cousins to town. Um, uh, Kirk Cousins versus winning teams four and twenty six or twenty seven. I believe it's it is at now. This uh, the Cousins investment. You hate to say it rests on this, um, but this is a make or break. I want to say make or break, but this is the reason you bring Kirk Cousins to town. And if he cannot win this game, there is a a real problem here. But a winning in scenario here, I think again this is another live bet. You know, maybe Chicago first half where they play their starters. At some point, it makes doesn't make any sense to have starters in there for the whole game for um, Nagy and company. So I think a Chicago first half bet makes a little bit of sense, And, and you know, live betting or taking Minnesota in the second half when you see those starters come out. Um, and the thing Minnesota gets this gets this done. Um, I really do. Uh, I think that Cousins it's going to be a little bit of a tainted victory in that he didn't beat, you know, necessarily Chicago, um, but he'll he'll get a win against a, a quote unquote winning team and um, in limp into the playoffs for Vikings. Uh, Pittsburgh again, another one I touched on. There's not a ton to, to stay here. This is home Pittsburgh wrapping up a very disappointing season, trying not to go eight seven and one, looking for that nine six and one. The Steelers need a lot of help uh, to get into the playoffs. Um, if they beat the Bengals, they could reach the postseason if either uh, Cleveland beats Baltimore or the Colts tie with the Titans. So uh, likely, Steelers are, are sitting on the sidelines at the end of this uh, uh, at the end of this year, um, not making the playoffs. Obviously, the retirement questions for Big Ben will will come into play and all that type of stuff as they do every single year. Um, but they should absolutely roll here. I'm not advocating taking, you know, over two touchdowns in the NFL, whether it be or skull or not, um, despite having a nice cover last week. Uh, this one to me, again, I think you could do worse. I really do than having a um, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and New England, uh, a nice little money line for you there as well. Philadelphia and Washington. This is the heaviest bet split uh, game of the week, where 81% of backers are taking the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles uh, to uh, win in cover here against Washington and Josh Johnson, who was effectively on a uh, reserve arena league contract, I believe uh, before the Redskins saw what the ghost of Mark Sanchez had left to offer. So um, Philadelphia can, can win um, and they need help to get in the playoffs. So Philadelphia can, can get back to the promised land um, division, obviously out of the question, but there is an opportunity for Philadelphia if they can get some help to make it back. And what a weird scenario, you know, you always hear about the Super Bowl hangover is, is usually the loser. Um, You know, regression certainly from Wentz. I don't know that he was ever fully healthy yet, um, but certainly some regression coming from this Philadelphia team, and I'd be a little bit worried there. Chargers and Denver, um, not even going to touch on this game. Very meaningless on both sides. San Francisco and the Rams. This is one I do want to touch on, and I want to touch on it in the prop market because this is probably likely a very golden opportunity. Um, George Kittle is, uh, I believe, 99 yards uh, away from the single-season reception record, much like Kelsey, for receiving tight ends. He missed it on another record. I forget what it was. Um, but Shanahan had apologized to him at length. Um, and so there was a press conference where they effectively said that their goal is to get him this record. And what's best about this is that they are going to know exactly how many yards they need to get him um, because Kelsey plays earlier in the day. Um, and so this type of opportunity, truly, I don't think comes along very often where it's someone you know is going to get force-fetted in the game plan. Um, and their single you know, San Francisco, again, they've been frisky. I don't want to you know, discount what they've had to endure with losing their quarterback, having their receiver, you know, not, you know, they've had to deal with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. And while they've been scrappy at times, this is really a loss season for them. And I think that next year you're going to get a definite discount on their win total because of it. Um, and Grappolo and company should be back, uh, a little much better, um, than this, but that Kittle prop. I, I, I don't think you can get a much better Uh, prop win or lose um, you're going to get force-fed the opportunity there so George Kittle over likely the best bet of the week here Um, Seattle if there's one team to you know ruin your day in a money line parlay please do not get greedy and throw Seattle in here this is you know they played last uh, they played beginning first quarter of the season I believe Um, Seattle wins by one by three this is a uh, a divisional matchup. This is way too many points. I get, I get all that. The, if there is one team to ruin your your line parlay here, this is what Seattle does. You want to back Seattle uh, when they're in, you know, prime time at a pick, a home underdog, that type of thing. Seattle always zigs um, when the public zags. If that makes sense, whenever they're getting a, a large bet split, they're a big favorite. That's when they lose outright and off that you know, huge win against Kansas city in prime time. Um, this is the exact type of situation, uh, that Seattle has dropped the ball in the past time and time again. And finally, I, I touched on this one. This is the playoff matchup of the week. Indianapolis, uh, heads to Tennessee three point road favorite here. And this is, There's going to be an appetite from professionals uh, for the home underdog here. I I really do believe that. Um, Fading the public, this is likely going to be the biggest decision for books over the weekend. Um, Again, maybe outside of that Philadelphia one. But let me pull up uh, exactly how many bets because I think this one even has more bets than that. So this one is, uh, again, 77% of bettors are taking Indianapolis on the spread. There are 2,400 tickets written um, on this particular one and as I look at Philadelphia, yeah, only twenty. Oh no, Philadelphia one does have more. So the Philadelphia one will be a bigger decision. Um, but eighty two percent of the money also in Indianapolis. So this will be the biggest decision of the books weekend. Um, bar none. Um so if you're contrarian better, looking to put your side on this looking to put yourself on the side of Las Vegas, uh, this is definitely your type of contrarian home underdogs. I wish you all the best. I don't know if I can get myself, uh, <laughs> you don't know if you'll catch me uh, back in Marcus Mariota in a win-and-in scenario when this team has largely done this with smoke and mirrors, but all the power to you. And I truly wish you the best of luck if you decide to do so. Um, but that will really wrap up the regular season of uh, the NFL and college bowls. Um, we'll do, um, what we'll, we'll do is we'll have next week, we'll have the wild card. We'll have all that type of situation, all that type of stuff coming down the pike. Um, we'll have a, we're going to get back to kind of the different handicapper each week. Um, it was just for the last couple of weeks, we have obviously ran solo. Just because the bowl games weren't too appetizing. Um, Colby was covering all the college football stuff. So it didn't make a ton of sense to kind of beat a dead horse when this is something of the only type of scenario on. Um, but we're going to be gearing up for college basketball, March Madness, all that type of stuff. So we're going to have um, the playoffs, uh, you know, kind of round, uh, table, I guess you will discussion, um, with a different handicapper each week for each and every playoff one, we'll do a super bowl prop bonanza, probably looking to get Monique on for that one here as well. Props have always been kind of my bread and butter in the NFL hers as well. So we did very well last year on the, you know, going through my own I think we did like 10 or 20 props each. We started with a thousand dollar bankroll and kind of where we wanted to, you know, put more money on different types of bets. So we'll definitely have that one up, um, probably for the super bowl. We'll we'll save her for that one. Um, But next week we'll have on different handicapper to do the wild card, all that type of stuff, and and as well as preview of the national championship, of course. So, as always, guys, please rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes. Um, And I hope you guys have enjoyed the regular season of the NFL, looking at different handicappers and you know different ways to handicap games and all that type of stuff. I think it's been so valuable to see that there are so many different ways to handicap football, both college and the NFL, whether it be prop bets, whether it be DFS, you know, model. uh, film guys, so want to take a you know a minute to thank e- each and every handicapper that's been out there um, that have done so much you know for the show on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network. You know whether it be um, Eric Rosenthal, Harvey, Spread Investor, God, there's been so many. Monique, if. Um, I really just, I didn't plan on doing that. So I, I missed i am Sure. Eight of them, but I can't think every, every single guest um, that came on the show to kind of spread their, you know, how they do things, Andy white whale, all those guys. So cannot thank the all, all of those guests enough. I hope you guys have enjoyed the regular season wrap up of the NFL season and the bowl season as well. So we are marching towards the playoffs. I'm sure we'll do a playoff. Well, when we do next week's show, we'll do a playoff primer and kind of all that type of stuff. We'll look at the best odds, all that stuff. So. Hope you guys enjoyed the regular season football. Um, And we will talk next week, guys. Thank you so much. Please rate, subscribe, and review.